0: an informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the LWDG pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me Joanne Parrott founder of the ladies working dog group and I chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to LWDG pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week we're going to be talking all about the benefits of training a Gundog using placeboard. Joining me for this excellent podcast is LWDG Group Expert Emma Stevens. Emma is the Guru of Placeboard Training and has done loads and loads and loads of content for our group around this topic. How are you today, Emma?
1: I'm fine, thank you Joe. How are you?
0: Um, let's start, because this is a really hot topic. Quite a lot of the time it's one of our highest ranking Google searches. It's also something that people in the community all want to know about. Tell us a little bit about the concept of a place board.
1: Um, So actually, the concept of placeboards go all the way back to when we actually had live animals in zoos. So there's actually quite a lot of history behind it, um, which I delve into in great detail because I'm a bit of a nerd like that. um, Before I started using them to check that they had a place in the gundog world alongside all of the training that i had done previously. So placeboards were basically used in the circus when we um, had live animals in the circus. And. They were used as those podiums that you see in pictures if you go back to the old school circuses where we had animals. Um, the podiums that they made elephants dance on and do all four feet and raise one foot on and the lions would go on to them as well. Um, and then it was basically called target practice at that point. Um, then we adopted it into animal filmmaking. So when we used um, like big animals and stuff like that to make films, and then it transferred over to the more domestic species like cats and dogs. Um, rabbits even can be place board trained. Uh, sheep, llamas, alpacas, you name it, they've probably done it with all animals. Um, then veterinary medicine took it on. Um, and decided that it would be a really, really good way to clicker train animals to have what would normally have been sedated or general anesthetic procedures that could be done completely conscious. So they used to target, train them to like raise a paw so that they could take a blood sample or check nails and all of that kind of stuff on on quite dangerous species then Europe took it on and started using it for agility um so they started using running contact equipment using two on two off on place boards and then teaching the dogs to to speed up basically um and then eventually gun dogs caught up with it um obedience used it as well for for targeting good heel work and pivots and things like that and then gun dogs caught on and um started using it for for the more positive training um of a, of a gundog dog, dog.
0: So quite a long time it's been used in the training of animals. And when we say gun dog training has caught on, it has caught on. I think definitely like our group embrace it, um, most of our group embrace it. But there is still a little bit of suspicion around whether there are any benefits for to a training a gun dog using a placeboard, aren't there?
1: Yeah and I think um, as we've become a, a training uh, group of people that more positively train dogs placeboards have, have found their place a bit more um, but they are they're a training aid to help both handler and dog which is why I like them so much because when I train a lot of novice handlers coming into just dog training for the first time not even gun dog training it puts it Quite simply to a very novice owner, that you put your dog back on the board. Like that's quite a simple um, task that most people are able to do. And it means then that the dog gets real consistency in their training. And I think that's why I like them so much because I find it much easier than in a full class to progress dogs quite quickly because the dogs have got their board and they almost completely lose focus on anything else that's going around them because they're so focused on getting back to that board.
0: Now I love using playboards. after I came to see them with you. And you know, when I first came to see you to do it, I was like, okay, well, how does this even all work? And then after I saw it, I was literally blown away at the simplicity it brought to the into training for the dog, because the dog, like you said, had targets of locations in knew it was going to hit. Do you think that's one of the biggest benefits of it?
1: I think for me, the biggest benefits are, like you say, this how simple you can teach a dog something quite quickly. And and you saw in the masterclass dogs have never been on the board in 10, 15 minutes could do sits and waits for a distance they couldn't do off of a board because you can build it up really quickly. It equally stops people, they may be like manhandling their dogs as well because you know that you have like one of the rules I teach is that you have to lure them onto the board. Um, you can't physically put them on there. Um, and it also teaches dogs invisible boundaries which are so transferable across gun dogs and and more pet dogs that are in in domestic houses. Um, and it means that you as a handler and an owner can see, when you've pushed too far and when you need to make stuff easier so if you've gone 10 steps and you push that 11th and the dog comes off the board it can't cope with 11 steps you can quite easily tone it back down to those 10 steps that the dog can cope with and then maybe go a half step or pull them off the board and and give them a break and then put them back on so from a progression point of view it's very easy for novice and experienced handlers to progress dogs in nice easy chunks that the dogs can manage as well as the handlers understand it and can fix it if needed
0: and the fact that, like for example, your dog is sitting in a set place. If you walk out for a dummy down and come back, you can see visibly straight away whether your dog broke its set, moved. You know, not moved like uh, if it moves a tiny bit. Of course, it can do that on a ball. But if it's made steps towards you.
1: Exactly, which means the correction process is much nicer for the dog and much easier to understand. So you as an owner know that it's come off the board, therefore it's moved. But the dog equally knows that when you go and put them back, that wasn't what they should have done. That wasn't what you were wanting from them because you've picked the dummy up. You've gone and put the dog back. They haven't got the dummy and they've been put back where they were. That correction process is much, much nicer. And for a lot of dogs, really, really easy for them to understand cotton on and they'll offer a different behavior. The next time you go out and put the dummy down, they go, okay, that wasn't what they wanted last time. So let's try something different. So it's a really nice way to shape lots of behaviors with minimal commands, which is obviously what we want from the gun dogs is we want them to think for themselves a little bit and figure stuff out for themselves but equally we don't want to be hollering loads of commands of sits and weights and heel and all of that at them all the time we want to be as quiet as handling as possible
0: it does give you like you said that benefit of not having to re- not that we should be repeating ourselves but we tend to don't we if we you know if we're going to set you sometimes you're uh, especially with young handlers or novice handlers it's like sit 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 it's that thing. You don't need to do that because the dog learns very quickly. If, if I'm sitting on the board, I'm sitting on the board.
1: Yeah, that whole sit till told otherwise comes really, really naturally when you use a place board for them. And it means it, it gets a handler out of the habit. So if, if they're coming in from a puppy, it stops the habit even happening because they're using boards. And if you're coming onto it because maybe there's been like your training's got a bit stagnant or the dog's gone backwards, it. Breaks that habit completely because you don't need to repeat it you can visibly see I think it creates much better picture for the owner to go okay my dog is still sat there, for I don't need to keep repeating that word because it's doing it because they're on this board and they're sitting it almost like puts them on a podium that that they know right okay it stayed it stayed sat I don't need to repeat my commands
0: and alongside keeping the owner calmer I think for owners it also helps you to make sure you're in a, the right position in relation to the board
1: yeah it definitely helps put the owner in a position which again just creates consistency like for me the place boards are as much for the owner as they are for the dog um because you put it's very, very clear. You put your two feet right in front of the board. That is now a recall position. And that's what it's called. And that's where you put yourself and the dog and you stay there and you reward it. If you go down to the side of your dog, you're now in a heel position and you stay there in that position. So as much as a target for the dog, it's also a target for for the owner as well, which again, just creates that consistency and helps the learning process be kind of sped up a little bit.
0: Now, I suppose some of the arguments that we come across is... um, you can't take a placeboard out with you for the day. But that really isn't the case. Once the dog is trained and, and conditioned to that behaviour, it's very simple to move the placeboard away, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and this is this is one of the things I get as soon as I bring a place board out to a new client, they're like, "That okay, that's great, but I can't have that sat on a peg while I'm shooting. I can't have that with my whole team of five dogs that I'm going to eventually work picking up with five boards out with me. It's just not practical, and it isn't practical at all. Um, but the idea is, is by the time the dog is at a level of training ready for that environment those boards are long gone same as weaning off of anything weaning off a long line training treats all of that kind of stuff if the eventual goal is to get to that point then those training aids are completely weaned off by the time you get to that end goal with your dog
0: yeah a little bit like stabilizers on a bike they're almost like the stabilizers for a gun dog they just help so much with keeping them very focused and very aware of where they're meant to be
1: yeah. And it creates the polish that you would likely eventually want from a very, very young. They they learn the positions that they should be in on these boards are so transferable when you start to wean them off that by the time you do get them weaned off, the dog has almost been programmed to, to that behaviour pattern. We talk in the podcast and on the masterclasses and dog and duck about forming a behaviour pattern with a dog that eventually they know what is expected of them that's exactly the same as the placeboards. They understand they've heard this recall so many times that it means come straight in front to my owner, that by the time we take the placeboard away, that recall whistle hasn't lost its meaning because the board's gone it still means come stop what you're doing instantly and come straight into me and sit in front of me so those boards yes they help target it initially but it's only so that they form a behavior pattern the dogs know that if they target a board they get they get the reward whether that's ball fuss toys food whatever it is that rewards your dog they know because of that like kind of almost that memory that these boards mean that so you target then all of your commands around these boards and then the boards can just and they still target the same positions
0: and for those who've never used a place board a board is very much a fun place for dogs and there's loads of positive reinforcement happens on the board it's not a punishment it's not like a naughty stool this is a super fun place to be
1: yeah and i think as positive reinforcement has come into gun dogs more and more that's where these boards now have found their places because they are a you don't restrain them on the boards, you don't pick them up off the floor and put them onto the boards, you don't move them onto the boards unless it's positively done. So there's no sort of lead checking or anything like that onto them. Initially, when they're first introduced, it's it's through a lure of food or a toy, whichever one obviously motivates your dog and you shape a lot of the behaviors on there. So they're not asked for behaviors initially, there's no behaviour to ask them to get on the boards initially, it's a lure on, and the only command really given is to get them off the board um, so that they know that there's a definite end point to being on the board, and that's the bit that's really important, is that they're lured on, they remain on for building duration, so you keep building the duration that they sit on those boards for, even without building any distance away from them or anything like that from yourself. And then there's an end point to it. So eventually what they learn is that all training commands ever given to them, there's this end point, which means they'll do it for longer and longer durations, which is where these boards come in and are really beneficial.
0: We introduce in the Hot Mess Handler course, our sort of like flagship foundation course. You do literally the first section, which is looking a sit. And we introduce place boards into the idea of that straight away, don't we?
1: Yeah, I, I would get a board uh, a, for a dog. I'd get a dog on a board almost instantly as soon as I mean, from sort of six weeks when I breed litters, six weeks, they they start going on, on place boards and, and sitting on them for minute duration and then straight back off again. Sometimes they're just literally walking over them back and forward just to get used to the texture and the raised platform of them. Um, and it then becomes more beneficial. But it means that you can have 10 week old puppies doing some substantial work. Um, but they're so engaged and focused and having fun with it, they don't really know that they're actually training at that point. It's just teaching really nice manners in these invisible boundaries that I need when they're slightly older. And when puppies come to me at sort of like between 12 and 16 weeks fully vaccinated in classes we can get them off lead really, really quickly and we can get them not focused on other dogs because they're so focused on the place boards that you can have six or seven puppies training all alongside each other, but they're so focused on their owner and the board and that's the kind of level that you want for, for a gun dog, really.
0: I'm sure you'd agree with me on this one though. Like once you've been using them for a bit, once your dog literally goes up onto the board, they almost do this like, it's almost like an invisible sigh. I know that sounds odd, but you just see them get on the board set and they just their whole body like relaxes if saying, All right, I'm I'm here until they tell me to do something else. It's like it's like a, a a gentle pause that they're happy to take on board, isn't
1: it? It's I think it's a relief of understanding. So dogs don't like to be confused, um, which is why we try and like strive for consistency with handlers and owners, but that board has been so consistent from as early as possible that when they really do get it and they understand it and they've been used for quite a long time in in all of their foundation training, it's this kind of, it is relief. That's where that kind of sigh and relaxation comes from because it's like, okay, cool. I know the game. I know the rules. I know exactly what's expected of me, which is actually really calming for a dog. We talk about training methods and being consistent and it's because it creates calmness in our dogs when they understand the rules and they know what's expected. And they know what consequence they're going to get for doing right and doing wrong as well. They know that if they get off the board before they're told to, they're going straight back on the board again. But they know if they wait for that off word, they get off the board and there's loads of fun that happens off the board as well as then jumping back on and going straight away into another rep of sits and weights or heel work or whatever you're doing with them. So for me, it's that it's a relief release almost of okay cool I know what the rules are with these boards and I can actually do them as well and I know everything that's expected of me when I'm on these boards or when these boards come out
0: and because a lot of the time you're working with two boards from one one board to the other once they've grasped that sort of concept of like I, I travel from one board to the other board teaching things like direction like you said heel work recall all those things becomes very easy because like you said they know the game don't they i go from one board to the other board
1: yeah so when you start adding two boards in for recall and heel worker, work probably the first times that you start adding those that second board in they understand the first board has this value they understand the second board will have that value so it creates again this consistent understanding from the dog that if I travel from one to the other, not only am I gonna get rewarded for being on that, but there's also this definite end point that I keep talking about as well, that they understand that that is it, that's that's their connection. Whereas if you imagine if you did heel work without a board, that dog doesn't know when it's over. So what happens is if you build it for too much of a duration, The dog then starts pulling because they're like, okay, I'm bored now. I I don't I wasn't given anything for doing this. Nobody's cashed in and and praised me for doing it. So I'm just going to do what I want to do now because nobody's finished it. Nobody's stopped it. Whereas if you go from board one to two and there's 10 steps between that and your dog makes it to those 10 steps without getting distracted or pulling or anything like that. You reward that dog at that point because it sits and it waits on that board and you go, okay, fine, as a handler, you can say, right, my dog can do 10 steps of heel work, right, let's up it to 15. And if the dog can't do that, you can lower it back down. Or if it can do it, again, all you've done is gone, right, okay, now my dog can heal 15 steps, let's up it again. So that's why those two boards are really, really beneficial and can it, like advance training quite quickly.
0: What do you think the most common mistakes are that are made with place boards? that make people think maybe this is not for them?
1: Um, so firstly, the biggest thing for me is the introduction to placeboards. sports. Um, that's the biggest mistake that's made. People pull them onto it by their leads, um, not meaning to like create a negative vibe or anything. But if you imagine if somebody put a chocolate bar in front of your face and said, right, if you follow this chocolate bar onto the board and stand there, I'm going to give you it versus putting something around your neck and dragging you onto the board but then still giving you the chocolate bar you're going to prefer the first the first thing so my rules of placeboards and everybody does this completely differently but my introduction is is that the dog is lured onto it until they're comfortable before any words or commands are given to them so they're not associating anything with getting on the board unless it's a lure to start with And once they're freely almost jumping back onto the board because they know what's expected on the board, that's when I start adding a word in. So it's it's almost free shaped. And then there's a command that goes in and I do teach an off. So when I lure them off the board, I give them that off word. Second rule is that people correct by picking the dog up and putting them back on the board. Again, it's almost the same as you would if you drag them onto it and things. So for me, there's kind of a, a no physical contact on the board rule. So as soon as they're on the board, unless it's physical praise, you're not moving or manipulating them in any way to sit straight or go on the board or anything like that. And that luring can be quite frustrating, especially if you've got a big dog sitting on the board because they might slip a back foot off or they'll slip a front foot off or they'll wobble off of it. Keep persevering. It's really easy for people to get really impatient with them and then start manipulating again by either lead or or physical contact. Um, But it's so important for those foundations of what the dog feels that the board means to them, if that makes sense, um, that it is this kind of standoff approach and they choose to get on and choose to get well we choose we tell them when to get off okay another thing is that people just refill treats and their dog just wanders off the board um so while they're faffing about trying to sort themselves out and everything the dog gets off the board so for me that just creates correction which then creates a cycle of having to correct your dog all the time so the idea is is that you build your duration really slowly And you get them off the board if you need to do something like listen to the trainer of the next exercise or refill your treats or do whatever you need to do. You check your phone, anything like that. Get the dog off the board. So the time they're spending on the board is almost hyper focus. That's the idea of them. And if you lose focus, the dog's going to lose focus and then they just wander off the board. So make sure that when you're using them, you're focused on your dog as much as they're focused on you. And if you're not for any reason, get them off before you do what you need to do.
0: And once they've got it, like I know if I go across the fields and I've left the boards out, which I shouldn't do, but sometimes I do. And then like Ella sees it, she will literally run and she'll go and sit on it and wait for me. And I'm like because she's just like, I know if I sit here, you're going to give me something here. And then, like you said, it's having a habit of when well she's done what I've I've asked her every other time. I go over, I give her a you know, a bit of a fast and then I tell her off and she comes with me. But it's, it's that type of thing of making sure that it's not like you've done wrong for getting on it or you, you've got on it the wrong time. It's a case of you're using it properly.
1: Yeah, I think with any shaped command, you can't then tell them off for doing it themselves. It's almost like when you're trying to, I see it a lot when people have taught a lot of tricks to their dogs, they'll try and teach a new trick and the dog will offer all of the other tricks that it knows. It will literally go through them like a book. Um, same as if you've always taught your dog to sit for dinner. If you're then in a rush and your dog's sitting there and won't move until the release, you need to release them. You've taught your dog to do that. You've shaped that behavior. You can't then go back on it. So, and the same with all the invisible boundaries, don't get sloppy with your dog waits the other side of a stair gate, even with it open until you call them through you've taught that behavior yes it's through shaping and not necessarily commanding and it's the same with these place boards you've taught that to them so you can't then tell them off for offering behaviors that have been taught to them
0: people are thinking okay well where am i getting these place boards can i afford these place boards what size these place boards need to be now we've got online which is probably one of our most um Search things, which is um, how do I make a placeboard? And there is a plan on there on exactly how to make a placeboard, DIY, set it all up for yourself. But there are places if you don't want to get sort of handy with a screwdriver, there are places you can buy them, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there's loads of places you can buy them. Um, the idea of a placeboard is it needs to be a short platform off the floor and it needs to be a different texture to the ground underneath it. So people use, um, you know, like OAP steps to get up their steps because they're too big for them and things like that. You can use one of them and just put a carpet tile over it and staple it down to it. So literally you can use whatever you need to use that is slightly different. I've known people use bath towels and things like that because it's a different texture to their floor at home. Um, But it just needs to be slightly raised and a different texture so that the dog physically feels that texture. Um, off and it's so transferable you can eventually send away to boards which then transfers over to send away to beds like I said indivi- in invisible boundaries as well so waiting the other side of stairgates to come across waiting out of crate doors to come out of crates waiting in car crates to come out of car crates all of that stuff is is built on a placeboard basically and then transferable over to to the rest of your life pretty much
0: and you can even use things like A doormat which is quite simple to get hold of. Um, Do you think personally that if it's raised it's a little bit easier for them to hit the target?
1: Yeah they understand it if they have to physically pick their legs up and and get onto something and onto a platform and equally when you I'm sure you Joe, have seen this as well but if dogs rush onto them and then slip off when they're conditioned they'll readjust their legs so their back leg that slides off and onto the floor they pick it back up and put it back onto the placeboard when they're conditioned properly, which again is really important for them to do. That that shows massive understanding of that the target is higher up and on this board and feels like this underneath my feet. So raised is 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 obviously much better because they can really target that it comes. But it it only needs to be raised like an inch inch and a half off the floor. It doesn't need to be a massive amount. It's it's just that bit that they slip off of something that they then recorrect themselves as well.
0: I think as well, it makes a very, especially for example, a sit. The sit becomes very neat because they cut the legs and uh, they, instead of that like half laying, half sitting type of sit, they sort of sit quite proudly on it um, and they look quite comfortable as long as it's nice and stable, it's not wobbling. It's giving them some weight as well. It's like, you know the floor grass wet whatever it just gives them something else that's nice a nice surface to sit on doesn't it
1: yeah i know quite a lot of spaniels that won't sit in the rain they hover and things like that and obviously when we're trying to teach most we teach all the way through the year and we train all the way through the year um so it's quite nice for for those spaniels we're not pampering them eventually they'll have to sit their bums on the floor um but when you're teaching especially young dogs or dogs that are coming in slightly older but new to it where sits necessarily haven't been reinforced and they haven't been um rewarded heavily it gives them that platform of real understanding and obviously the the comfier drier base for them to actually go do the exercise so that you can actually build a reward history of them sitting properly on the floor
0: so what are the people gonna say like okay well i'm standing by my place board and my dog I'm, i'm luring her on and I've done all that good stuff and it knows what it means, but then I'm sort of out training do I call the name and get it on or how how do I develop it because in the beginning they're very easy to use for very easy not easy commands but you you're very clear on what it is you're trying to achieve as you develop and you're using it for directions and returns and maybe other stuff oh how do we then behave Are we still like behaving like we did right at the beginning
1: so the luring disappears a little bit um and you start adding so what would happen is, is once the dog is comfortable sitting on the board and understands that they sit till told otherwise so until another command's given either a recall heel, or off you then start building up the command to get on and then you can use that command so initially that is almost with a lure so with your finger by that point it's probably really not a lure of food um, your finger does the same behavior as kind of right as, as pulling them onto the board with that food in front that did it before. Um and your finger pointing at the board then gets the dog on and then once they can do that without food you add the word in so mine is place lots of people use on or up or it doesn't really matter you could use bananas if you really wanted to um it's just that association to the dog behaving doing the behavior you want which is getting on the board to the word that's added in and then you can almost you could place a board in the middle of a field go 100 yards away from it and shout it and the dog should find the board target the board and get on it if it's if it's taught in the right way like that um which is why it's a nice way to work on a send away to a bed as well because they understand that they go and find a platform and they 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 put the bum on it um it transfers over to a send away to a bed as well so that's how to kind of teach them to find the board and get on it um, and understand that there's now a word to find the board and get on it as well Um, and then the offs like I said are either that you're walking away and you want your dog to follow you which is heel you're recalling them either off a board or from a board to another board or um, you're just getting them off because you're finished and they're they're done for that that bit, bit of it eventually then you would start putting them on boards and you start teaching maybe direction retrieves so they sit on a board you throw a dummy to the left dummy to the right dummy behind them in whatever order you're doing it and you're sending them with those directional commands to get off the board to go and retrieve the dummy or sending from your leg for a retrieve out as well so the board would be at the side of you on a retrieve and you'd line them out for the retrieve and send them that way you would then and this is where when you start weaning off boards as well it's really important to keep that consistency so you almost have to mentally imagine that there's a board in front of you so if you've started with one board at the side of you for a retrieve and you've sent out for that retrieve and they come back again you would then go to the back of the board so that the dog can come onto that board in front of you to deliver into that recall position so they're targeting those positions because you're making it look like the same picture if that makes sense And then obviously when you get rid of the boards and you start weaning off of them, you have to still create that picture which means you have to be as consistent as you were if the if the boards were there as well and that's that's the key probably the biggest mistake i see when people start weaning off boards they then start allowing for dogs to sit slightly wonky and to the left of them and not come into recall properly and heel in different places and stop in different places on heel and deliver into different places whereas if the board was there you wouldn't have tolerated that you would have shaped it to be correct and things like that so that's a big thing to remember when you're weaning off boards as well
0: and the good thing with a board if you can see things get a little bit sloppy maybe you've had a bit of a you know you've gone through the season the other end of it your dogs they're all over the place you can just pop them back out and just clean it all up straight away can't you
1: yeah exactly I mean mine in Feb they'll they'll have a couple of weeks off because they've worked they've worked hard this year um And then we'll go back to placeboards again. Um, We'll fix their delivery because that's got sloppy because they're ready for the next bird at this point in the season. Their heel work isn't as good so we'll go on that they kind of respect of each other. Um, they're not like stealing birds off each other or anything like that, but their sits and waits while I'm distracted and working another dog isn't as good. They're kind of creeping towards me going like, is it my go? Is it my go? Um, so I'll go back to kind of group sits and waits and steadinesses on maybe five or six boards with five or six dogs on them um sit and wait durations all of that kind of stuff we'll we'll go through all of that and and like i say delivery position as well will be polished back up because they're kind of doing a loop around me at the moment delivering to the side of me and then going again for the next bird um, so yeah all of that and the dogs remember at the minute i get placeboards back out they all like just like or hop back on them as if it they were still puppies and being taught it so it does stay with them and can help that early stage of polishing up after the season
0: if you're dual handling or group handling, like you said, they are incredibly helpful then, aren't
1: they? So helpful. I mean, the dual handling, as soon as you add another dog to the mix, you you add a another level of of training and handling to it. You've got two different personalities that you're now dealing with. You've got it's almost like having two children instead of one child you've got to have eyes in the back of your head for the for the child that you're not dealing with at that time it's the same with the dog so place boards just give them this known platform where there's there's no level of competition because they know that there's an endpoint. again like I said that I'm, I'm going to get to them at one point and either send them for something or get them off and they can be free um so I can almost leave a dog on a board and focus on another dog um and it helps bring puppies or adolescent dogs into my pack when i'm dual handling as well because that puppy knows the rules on its own and then it sees something that it's so familiar with that with the other dogs around it goes okay cool i i understand the rules they still apply because the play sports here as well so it can be really good for introducing a another dog into the mix um obviously they're taught separately initially and then you kind of merge the two together and the dog Targets the board and understands that the rules apply they don't get off of it no matter what i'm doing with the other dog they can just sit and wait their wait their turn because they know their turn's coming
0: i can remember coming driving i think it was like five hours up to um the east midlands to to meet you to film our place board and it is a masterclass. i was with you all day and i can remember going back at the end of the day and telling my dad he was still alive then about it and he was very much a you know, you don't need anything to train apart from a dog and a dummy and a whistle. And uh he's like, Oh, don't be so silly, you don't need that, you don't need that. And I was like, No, they're brilliant. I was like super excited about them, get super excited about everything. And then I showed him and it was the first time, I think, that I had shown him something when he went. Hmm, I can see how we can use these. And he started using them. And you know, he wasn't using them with the older dogs. The older dogs knew what they were doing. But with younger dogs, he was using them. And I just thought even he could see the impact they have. It just it's a little bit like you just take the confusion out of the dog's head, and you it's like, oh, I get it. I'm, I'm waiting here, and then you're gonna call me and I'm gonna wait over there. And then you know, it just it, it it's definitely a simplistic way like you said of showing them start middle finish
1: yeah that's actually made me quite emotional that he could change his change his views after so long in the field training gun dogs. um <laughs> uh and i have seen it as well like top trialers are now using them because they've they've come through and they can for for an already good handler and trainer because obviously they are because they've been doing it for so long they see it as a sp- like as an acceleration of a process that they're already doing they can accelerate a puppy's understanding and have them at a much higher level much younger with their foundations but maintain the fun simplicity and enjoyment out of that training without necessarily needing to correct as much as well so for for the for the trialers and and people competing it's a win-win for everybody you you get much more understanding probably a a better bond and connection with that pup as well because it's all through positive reinforcement and enjoyment but you still get that end result of of quite a calm dog I mean you can put very fizzy spaniels on a board and they instantly become a statue because they understand that on the board they don't move and that that's it so from from that point of view from from teaching young dogs and with it with very experienced handlers they've now seen seen the benefits because it just accelerates a process that wouldn't necessarily have taken them much longer but it solidifies very very core foundation behaviors that they want out of their trialing dogs very quickly and it also creates for them they want burst of crazy and then instant stop statue for them to score really well so the minute they get their dogs off those boards the pup goes crazy again and you maintain that ability without having to come down really hard on them and make them still when they're not ready to become still because they understand right i stop i'm stationary on this i get off and i can explode again so it maintains both of those drives that they need in the dog to then actually become quite a successful trialing dog and have that burst of hunting energy and then that instant statue stop whistle on the flush and then obviously for the bird to be shot and then for them to be sent for it as well they understand directions much clearer they understand they'll, they'll mark much better as well because we teach them that they're allowed to look around on the board they're just not allowed to start uh, to move so all of that from a trialing point of view and competition point of view is exactly what a trialer would want so yes i'm glad that people are seeing the benefits but yeah that did make me quite emotional that your dad for so long has been using a method and then was was even open to the potential of of being able to swap um and try something new
0: and it is that thing isn't it once you've been introduced to them like like we're just talking there about like um non-moving for a young dog when you're teaching it to retrieve a dummy that's been thrown over his head when it's sitting on a placeboard, it tends to look over his shoulders rather than spin on the spot so you've got that, uh, like you said, like this sort of calmness where it goes, oh, I don't need to move my body. I, my, my head's fine because my body just always stays this way facing forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you, like I say, these core foundation stuff that make life so much easier. You don't have to spend a month teaching your dog to spin back around and look at you and stay looking at you and break it down to throwing thrown over their head and keep correcting them and moving them back because they know from day dot that they stay still facing you and you should then when you get to that level where you're throwing stuff over their head they should have such a solid understanding of that you could pretty much do anything you can literally like some of the place boards like classes that with that i do i have my son running up and down who's a toddler like running up and down the boards and these dogs are like yeah cool like i haven't been told to get off so it's fine you can skim rabbit dummies straight past them. You can roll tennis balls. I've had owners doing star jumps, rolling around the floor themselves and these dogs literally don't move. Um, and you then build it up. I mean, with my own dogs, cause we've got access to, to birds and stuff. I'd put place boards in the middle of a pheasant pen and just get them used to sitting around these birds, moving around them on this place board. And eventually, yes, the placeboard disappears and I teach them to sit to flush and all of that kind of stuff. But from an early age, they go, OK, cool, this is the environment, but I have my board, so I understand what's expected. And
0: that is the thing, isn't it? What you do with a board, and maybe, oh, I think I just understood it even a little bit more. I sort of had a delightful moment then. It's the fact that you take consistent into every environment. So like you said, you take the placeboard board into, into a pen, the dogs know Well, I've not been in this pair and I've never seen all these feathers running around me, but I do know that that board means I sit down.
1: Exactly. I've used them for dogs with reactivity problems, uh, behaviour problems, separation anxiety, so early separation anxiety, training. You use a board and the owner leaves the room and the dog eventually, obviously. But the dog's so conditioned to being happy on the board, even in the house, that it's like, okay, cool, I understand. I sit here. My owner returns. So you... You teach them the behavior pattern on separation anxiety that your owner's coming back. You don't need to get anxious about it. And then obviously you'd, you'd remove the board and build duration of the owner leaving and stuff. So they've got such a range of uses that are linked to gun dog. They're linked to the zoo. They're linked to agility, obedience, showing, scent work, all of that kind of stuff. You can link them to anything um, because all you're doing is creating a really... Consistent understanding to the dog what's expected when these boards are out, which is then transferable and able to be weaned off in a later stage.
0: Well, thank you for an incredible podcast on place boards. We do absolutely love them, and I definitely value them. For anybody listening, if you are a society member, please make sure you listen to the Miss handler, the first section on sit, but you also have access to a huge masterclass with loads and loads of practical video on how to use placeboards. So make sure you go watch that too. Also, you can search on the website for placeboards and find loads and loads of information. We also do have coming up, Domi MS, um, this year, some introduction to placeboard training for gun dogs, which you're going to be doing from April, I believe.
1: Yep. Yeah, so 15th of April is going to be um, the first live. So it'll be a live training day for eight, society members first and then if obviously there's places left it'll go to the open community. Um it'll be an introduction to gundog training using placeboards. Um don't need to have any experience of placeboards or if you do and want a refresher course um obviously it's it's perfect for them. Um and it'll go through how to introduce retrieves, hunting, stop whistle, recall whistle heel work. of those things and how to actually get them on on and off the boards properly and like i say polish anything off if your dogs have already been on place boards before
0: which will be absolutely fantastic if you go along live you can really enjoy it really get a hands-on experience and then obviously when you come away from it you can always keep referring back speak to emma also referring back to the masterclass thank you very much for another incredible podcast emma we love chatting to you for those of you listening i hope you've enjoyed please Put hashtag #LWDGPodDog. Let us know your views, and we would love to share them with our community. I hope you've all enjoyed, and we look forward to speaking to you all next week. Thank you for listening to LWDG PodDog with me, Joe Parrot. Now we all know training a dog takes time, energy, and patience, but our lives can be really, really busy. Don't worry, the LWDG has got you covered. Join us for our free planning workshop, where we'll show you how to use short 10 minute training sessions each day to fast forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page the Ladies Working Dog Group and click on the pinned post or visit wwwlwdg.com.